Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Why, hello there. Seven minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's no longer Monday, but the world is no less upside down. Any less upside down than it was uh, yesterday. We're going to make our way through some crazy crap that's going down on planet Earth. Uh, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Um, I got to start off with yeah, the, the, the press briefing from yesterday. Uh, news-wise, uh, Michael Cohen is going to be uh, uh, testifying in this uh, one of these Trump cases, and uh, it's getting a little bit of news. Uh, the U.N. Security Council is also meeting uh, to talk about Israel and Gaza. Uh, that's uh, pretty much the breaking news uh, of the morning. But I, you know, I, I, I don't know how you, how you're reacting. But I, we talked about this in Where in Rima. You and I grew up in an era, which is first off gone, uh, and and secondly, uh, an era where, you know, in the most basic public education you and I received. We learned about World War II. We learned about the Holocaust. I mentioned to Trey, uh, we had a a history teacher. I I cannot remember his name anymore. Uh, This was in high school. Uh, I think it might have been Mr. Tyler. Uh, And Mr. Tyler was a history uh, teacher, and uh, he was known throughout the school to be a guy who a lot of us thought obsessed on World War II and the Holocaust, specifically the Holocaust. He spent a lot of time discussing what happened uh, in very graphic detail, which I don't I don't even know if he could do now. And, and so much so that he was known for it. Like, oh, if you take that guy's class, you're going to hear a lot of weird crap, you know, and a lot of uh, disturbing graphic stuff. And it was certainly true. But history in general, you know, we, we learned about World War II. Uh, we read the diary of Anne Frank in school. Uh, I, I just happened across, uh, a, a copy that we have of Eli Wiesel's night, uh, which is, uh, if you want to learn about the death camps and what that experience was from the point of view of a little boy who became Eli Wiesel, uh, who survived, but I believe he lost his entire family, uh, read that book. And it was something that I read in high school. Now, I don't remember if it was required reading in high school. I just remember that I read it in high school, probably because I'd read The Diary of Anne Frank and then became intellectually curious uh, about the Holocaust, about the Nazis, uh, about World War II. Uh, you and I grew up in an era where, remember when they'd show, at least in my school, they'd in history class, you'd watch The Great Escape. You know, you'd you'd watch the bridge on the River Kwai. It would take like three or four days. We grew up in a culture also beyond school where the whole idea of acting like a Nazi, of saying Nazi-esque things, was anathema. It, it didn't come up as an option. You never thought to do a Hitler a salute. You never thought to do anything that could be construed as reflective of the Nazis. In the movies that we grew up watching, the Nazis were always the bad guy, right? You know, I mean, the uh, new Indiana Jones movie came out a few months ago, uh, and, uh, you know, that was our era. Indiana Jones killing Nazis. It was there. It was prevalent. Swastikas. You, You saw a swastika, and you had a certain inner reaction to it at least i and everybody did i'm not it's not just me we that's we grew up this the swastika was a symbol of absolute hatred and human awfulness and and that was our world now in our schools we were also you know uh encouraged to read encouraged to be intellectually curious we were encouraged to be critical thinkers uh, my generation, I would submit to you, is probably one of the last generations passing through this country that just very basically had a love of reading. I mean, reading was, you know, all my friends read. I read. My brothers read. We all were readers. We read books about stuff. You know, if we wanted to learn something about something, we read a book. We found a book. Uh, and I think that's gone. And it's the only way I can explain what I'm seeing 
with, yeah, a crap load of young people these days who, I guess, have had this pro-Palestinian stuff pumped into their heads, Israel bad, uh, and we've seen these pro-Palestinian marches and protests all over the place in most of the major cities. As we talked yesterday, we had one, I guess, here in San Antonio. Uh, I keep mentioning the shocking image of somebody drawing swastikas on the glass front of a deli in New York City. Um, and I, I don't, you know, it's, it's pure Jewish hatred. That's all it's, it's the hatred of the Jews. There's, there's really, you can't hide behind the label of Israeli, you know, you're, you're, this is anti-Semitism at its worst is what we're, what we're seeing. It's also a complete misreading of the truth and of history. And so it's gotta be, this stuff must be getting pumped into their heads However far back you want to go, like a lot of other upside-down crap is being pumped into, the, into their heads. But I'm looking at, you know, specifically the protests where you have sometimes thousands of people, certainly hundreds of people, that show up in the cities across this country are showing up right now and showing their active support for Jew-hating terrorists, barbarians, you know, p- savages, people who, uh, as we're learning more and more, are capable of doing the most horrific things to a human body, to human beings. And a lot of people in this country, and frankly, yeah, also in cities around the world, are taking the sides of those guys. And I'm watching the press briefing yesterday, and I'm sorry, they're pointless. It's it's all bullcrap. It's all KJP is out there, and again, the talking point is there's no credible threat. There's no credible evidence of any hate crimes or violence being perpetrated against Jews in this country. And I'm like, are you not watching TV? Are you you not seeing? <coughs> excuse me. The live. Excuse me. The live shots from these protests? Are you not seeing the interviews with predominantly young people who are saying the Palestinians are just doing what they have to do? I mean, really, and I I, I know I'm repeating myself from yesterday, but the implication is, yeah, Hitler didn't finish the job, man. And... Uh, from my generation, it's ripping my freaking heart out watching this stuff. I can't imagine actually being a Jew in this country right now. And the official line from your government, from your president, is there's no credible evidence when it's on TV every single day for all of us to see with our own freaking eyes? And uh, the other uh, bit of bullcrap that you heard from Karine Jean P- uh, Jean Pierre yesterday is something that we've heard uh, since nine eleven that the Muslim Amer- Muslims have endured. This is her line and a, a disproportionate number of hate fueled attacks. It's kind of the same crap we hear about white supremacists stomping across. The country right now. Where's this going on? I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but the word she used is disproportionate. Where? Where is that happening in the United States of America? Because I've been hearing this bullcrap since 9 11, and it's amped up uh, since October 7th. Where's it happening? I imagine it's happening in the same magical place where the white supremacists are just swamping the country. It's not happening. Yeah, based upon what I'm seeing with my own eyes, if I was Jewish in America right now, I'd be a little apprehensive about things. And yet you're hearing the exact opposite from the official face and voice, the person who lays out the president's thoughts and his policies or whomever is actually running the country, and it's the exact opposite. We are living in Orwellian times. And uh, as I've been saying, these people are freaking zealots. If, you're in, if you encounter a pro-Palestinian person right now in America, 
It doesn't matter what evidence you have. It doesn't matter what argument you have. It doesn't matter how much truth you have on your side. They're not going to listen. They're not going to hear it. And they're going to think you're a horrible person for even suggesting something different. And wow. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it, up to this point, the bullcrap train that these people ride and the propaganda that they shovel out through their, you know, uh, their co-collaborators in the media uh, has been nauseating. Uh, it's been disturbing. Uh, sometimes on occasion with the gender crap, it's been laughable. But now, I mean, my God. Uh, I told Trey, we were talking about this earlier, that, you know, you and I grew up in an era where Holocaust deniers were put on the same level as flat earthers. That's how we thought of people who said it didn't really happen. Now, I, I don't know, man, they might be the, uh, they might be the majority. These are strange damn times. Uh, and, and I don't, I, again, I, I, like I said yesterday, it's above my pay grade to say how it's all going to shake out or what the solution is. I don't know. But holy crap, we need to take acknowledgement of the fact that it, that it is happening. I never thought I'd see this crap in America to this extent. Never. Two one zero. What do you think? 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The Sean Rima Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Uh, talking about all the, uh, well, anti-Semitism uh, roiling in the country right now. Let's go to TJ. TJ, how are you? Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. What are you thinking? Hey, um... Do you remember the Band of Brothers episode when they discover the camps, the death camps, correct? I, I've actually never seen that show, but I've, I've seen the, 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 the newsreels of Germans being led through the uh, death camps for the first time. Okay, well, towards the end of, towards the, end of the show, on one of the last episodes, there is, uh, they discover the camps, and then the unit goes back through the town. Uh, to gather up some of the Germans from right. the town and send them food and stuff. And none of these people knew what was going on. No, Nobody knew it existed. And i like, really? You didn't smell it? You didn't see the trucks? You didn't see any of this? You, you knew nothing. So I really equate the Palestinians to the Germans back in those days to where Really, you did not know Hamas was this bad. You did not know. Oh, I, I, no, I would say I think they're well aware of how bad they are. I, I, a lot of Germans who were not physically near the death camps may have not actually known about them. Certainly, a lot of people who live close to them, if they didn't know about them, it was because they were choosing not to know about them. Uh, Palestine, I, I would submit to you, it's a much different situation. I, I guarantee you they, no, they're, they're aware. A lot of those people are living in fear too. I mean, or they support it. So, you know, I, I, I think it's a fair point. I appreciate the call, but I, I don't know if that correlation works. Let's go to Esteban. How are you? All right. Speaking of the Nazis, I had a survivor describe a very graphic scene when he was a kid. But with all these protesters, I call it radical chic. It's, and a lot of it thrives on ignorance. Uh, they believe very wrongly that the Palestinians are horribly oppressed. And it's just like, never mind the fact that George Floyd was overdosing, and definitely the cop <laughs> acted like a complete, I can't say the word on radio. But it's hip. These protests. You're right. Almost almost like the darn PCU movie where you have a bunch of people and they don't know the facts. They're not taught to be intellectually curious or intellectually or intellectual curiosity is not being celebrated in schools anymore. Nope. And it's like I can I, I can associate it with some of the faddish movements in the nineteen eighties where people are not thinking. One of the most telling moments in the George Floyd riots, a friend of mine, he ha he happens to be African-American, showed these rich white kids throwing rocks, busting windows. Yeah. And it's and it's the whole, 
and it, they think they're a whole lot smarter than they really are. And like you said, you try to tell the facts, and they don't want doesn't to Doesn't matter. It, the facts <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it requires effort. It requires thought. It requires patience. And we don't, and unfortunately, we're losing all of those things in today's society. I, I agree, Esteban. Excellent call, man. You're absolutely right. It's weird. It's disturbing as hell, but it's also weird. Because really, being pro-Palestinian is cool right now. And they're not really thinking any deeper about it than that. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. The Rangers. Uh, I'm not a, I don't do a sports show, and I don't know a lot about sports. I'm certainly not an expert on baseball. I can't list stats and crap, but I do like watching baseball, and last night was a lot of fun. We'll talk about that when we get back. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The only woman who's going to listen to you. Tell your smart speaker to stream KTSA. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. We'll get back to the affairs of the world. Uh, but uh, it, I, as I tell you all the time, I, I enjoy, it's News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I enjoy baseball. I'm not a expert on it. I, I can't tell you batting stats and crap like that. But I have watched baseball pretty much my whole life. Growing up in, uh, in Maryland, we were big Orioles fans. My brother Roger was a huge fan of the Orioles. And frankly, when I first started, you know, when I was in school, I didn't watch a lot of baseball in school because in gym class we had to play baseball, and I sucked at it. I was Les Nesman out in the outfield there. Please, God, don't let the ball come to me. But I think that's why I have a fascination with it, because I suck at it so bad. I, I just think it's a very hard game to play, and so people who can play it very well, I, I, I'm just fascinated, fascinated by it. I love watching it. Last night was a... Last night was a was a fun game to watch because I also like the underdog. I like the little guy. James, would I and would I be out of place by saying that the Texas Rangers are kind of like the redheaded stepchild of baseball in Texas, and that the Astros are kind of the superstars? And yeah, the Astros Rangers don't get a lot of you know attention. That was the Astros' seventh straight ALCS. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're they fair. won last year. They you know, and so I I've been following the Rangers. Really, since I got to Texas, one of the first things I did was watch a Rangers game. And I've been watching a lot of Rangers this this season because we, we dropped the channel that plays the Astros, so we can only get the Rangers. But it, but they it's been a fun year to watch them. They've had yes. ups and downs, but, you know, they've been scrapping it up. And last night, they owned the freaking Astros. I mean, it was from, from the first inning until the very end. Adalas Garcia is, God, that guy's fun to watch. And I, I've lo- I lost track of how many home runs he hit last night. I know he hit a grand slam at one point, which I think pushed him up to 11, I think. Wow. Uh, I like watching Altuve for the Astros. He's amazing to watch. And he did get one home run in in like the eighth or ninth inning just to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. It was already over pretty much by then. But that was a badass game, and they're going to the World Series. See, a lot of fans are saying that that, is, that series is going to be better than the World Series that the Astros and Rangers. Oh, really? Yeah, because of the competition, in-state right. rivalry. It went seven games. There was a little bit of, you know, uh, scuffles. You know. Right, they had the fight thing, right, right. Yeah, threw at Garcia and hit him. So we'll see. Uh, Philly and Diamondbacks, they have their game seven coming up. Winner of that takes right. on the Rangers. It, well, the Diamondbacks. I'm not. I I I hold grudges. Also, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a grudge guy. I, I do. I'm learning to get, be better about this. But like the last season, I was in Colorado. The Diamondbacks beat the Rockies, and I was a huge Rockies fan. So I hate them. They're rattlesnakes. I don't like them. So you know, I I I, I want the the Rangers to kick their ass. But we we don't know. But we'll see. Uh, a lot of people are the rooting for Philly. Because they consider the Diamondbacks being a small market team. Oh, really? And the Rangers being the stepbrother in Texas. So right. Philly would be cool. Philly and Texas. Now, however it shakes out, I, I was very happy last night. I thought that was very a very cool. I mean, the, the Astros really didn't even have a chance last night because they started racking up runs so quickly early in the game. I am a little peaked today because I, I you know, I, I recorded it, so we didn't start watching it for about we, about forty minutes late. 
was a late damn night for me. But, God, that was a fun game to watch. Well, I'm just glad I didn't bet on it because <laughs> I would have bet on the Astros. <laughs> There's Don Morgan. Did you watch any of that last night, or no? I didn't get a chance to watch last. Well, night. you get up at the butt crack, so I, I, you know, well, actually, you get up uh, several hours before the butt crack, so I, I got that. Right. No, Were, did you ever? Did you ever? You know, you and I have never talked. Did you do sports of any kind in school? I did. What'd you do? Uh, baseball. Wow. One. Um, did some wrestling. Wow. And then I, I was an ex- I was an extremely great bench warmer for basketball. So. <laughs> Am I wrong in saying that I, I just think baseball is a very hard – to me, it's a very hard game. I mean, that's not – and I know I sound like a simpleton by saying this, but it's a very fast-moving little ball that you have to hit in certain areas of the field with a skinny stick, and that's not I, that's not freaking easy. <laughs> well, speaking from my own experience, it, it's – it wasn't that difficult because I played right field. So I oh, just... <laughs> see, see, that's what they shoved my ass every time yeah, they came around in gym class. Waited, you know, put old but, Rhyme out there in the outfield like Les yeah. Nessman. But you know, you're right though because I was I, I batted usually third or fourth. Right, and um, man, you know that even in high school, you know, some of these kids can throw a ball at you, you know, eighty, ninety miles. God, per right, <laughs> so, you know. and you have to hit it with a stick. Yeah, we didn't have those fancy face coverings they have now. <laughs> well, I just I'm, I've I'm, I've always been fascinated by it. It's funny to talk about it on the radio. I got a buddy of mine coming in Friday for the night, who's uh, you know I went to middle school with. And when I was in school, I was very anti-sports. I was the anti-sports kid. You know, I, I wasn't interested. I didn't talk about sports. I'd go home and watch baseball, but mm. I. I was the guy that just was the anti-sports guy. And so a lot of the people I grew up with are seeing me, you know, go off on the Rangers and talking about baseball for the past, you know, 20 years or whatever. And they, they think I'm dropping acid or something. And it's like, you're not the same guy. I'm like, no, I really do like watching baseball. I always did. I just didn't tell anybody about it because I was being arty and cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't play baseball, although right. I do enjoy watching it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally sucked did. at it. No, no I, I, ugh, I sucked at it. But, you know, you, you would have been a great sports talk radio host. Maybe. You but, know, again. A, a lot of guys who, who are very uh, able to you know, hold a conversation about the game, no matter what game it is, aren't great athletes themselves. Well, I Take can a see walk that. up the hall and see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let that sit there. Yeah. But I, I worked at a sports talk station for years. Oh, wow. And, and the two guys I worked with in the morning had no athletic ability whatsoever. <laughs> in fact, I don't think either of them had seen their feet since sometime in the 80s, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, so, you know, I'm just getting yeah. reacquainted with my feet, so I understand that <laughs> phenomenon. You know what's oh, no, funny, and I've told this story very quickly, because my wife did play softball, baseball in, in school. Uh, her dad was a coach. That explains how she took that red cup off my head so elegantly the other night. Yeah, it was beautiful. But one of the first dates we had was we went to a, a missions game. I think it was like our second date was a missions game. And we got really good seats. We're down there close to the field, and she will not let me forget this. I mean, I could be, eight, I could be Clint Eastwood age. I could be 90 freaking three years of age. And she won't let me forget this. Oh, I know this one. You know the story, James? I don't know if you know. She, One of the dudes hit the ball. It was it popped up and was coming towards our section, and I flinched. Like, please don't let it hit me. I flinched. My wife will never let me forget that flinch. Right. You flinched, and you also squealed. I squealed a bit. I was yeah. afraid. I'm afraid of the ball. And my wife will never let me. You flinched. It's okay, Mr. John. I would have caught it for you. You know, that's what I hear. Come on, man. <laughs> so anyway, great game. Congratulations to the Rangers. That, you know, I, that was a fun night. Uh, it's been a fun series to watch. 210-599-5555. Your costumes. Let's see. Batman, Dracula, a zombie, and oh, let's see. What are you supposed to be? I'm like um a news anchor. Oh my god. No, not CNN. I'm a good anchor. The news full of tricks and treats. And treats. At the top and 30 minutes past. And whenever breaking news is scared up. On News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 
And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Tuesday. A little bit of rain out, out of doors there. Not too much. A little bit of little sprinkle sprinkle action going on. Uh, 952. And uh, I, I mentioned a little while ago that the uh, UN Security Council is having a meeting about this Israeli thing. Eight days in. 18 days in. Right? Are we on day 18 here? And they're just getting together now. I, I think that's kind of interesting. You know, I had a thought, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. I had a thought. Now, we're, we're hearing about Donald Trump right now uh, because Michael Cohen is going to be testifying in one of these cases. But have you noticed, uh, and his numbers are still good, uh, but have you, have you noticed that Trump has not been part of the conversation for a couple of weeks now. You you don't hear about Trump so much. Nobody's talking about Trump. Now, I know some of you might call me a conspiracy theorizing MAGA hat wearing weirdo, but I do believe international forces came together to unleash a global freaking pandemic to, uh, apart from... Uh, bring a a stop, a halt to a lot of the stuff that Trump was doing in regards to China. But as far as folks within this country, to basically end his presidency a little early because he was very, very effective and successful as a president. And and if if you're being honest, you know that, and most of you are. Um, the the Hamas mission, the Hamas attack. The the timing of timing of this is is beneficial for a lot of these groups or, or nations. Iran, look if if you really are paying attention to what's going on in Gaza with Israel, you know China's involved. You know Iran's in, involved. You know certainly Russia is. North Korea's involved. There's a lot of chess pieces in motion right now, and it, it also isn't lost on me. And maybe you again, you might think I'm nuts, but. It's also not lost on me that this happens uh, at the time when, at a time when, again, Donald Trump is everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, in, in, uh, election interference. His his numbers are are most of the time equal with Biden's, if not surpassing him. There's no other candidates that are even coming close to Trump, and they have to know that if Trump gets back into office. That, well, things are going to go back to being Trumpian, which means uh, a tough line, a hard line on Iran, a hard line on uh, on Israel and their support for Israel, uh, a tough line on Ukraine, a tough line on China. This is the guy that, uh, you know, when he was the president, went out and looked at all the agreements that we had around the world. And if it was a crap agreement for America, well, yes, candidate. Uh, he was putting a lot of pressure on China when the when COVID hit, as far as our international uh, uh, trade agreements and things of that nature. Uh, he was isolating China in many ways, uh, con- you know, involving uh, uh, surrounding nations. He was rattling the cage. He was shaking the earth. And and this happens. Uh, at this particular moment, I you can't tell me that that wasn't some kind of consideration uh, for this attack. Uh, certainly targeting Israel, but I, I suspect targeting the American election to a certain extent. Because you really haven't heard a lot from or about Trump. He's made statements, but you're not hearing it on the news. Today, really... With this hearing is the first you've heard about Trump, I'd say, in a couple of weeks. Now, you know, we were talking earlier about how, well, Israel is always under uh, assault from Palestine and Hamas and uh, through Hamas, uh, Iran, and certainly that's true. But this is the big show, you know, and right now what you're hearing a lot of rhetoric uh, in this country, uh, Obama that DB, you know, he was uh, prattling on about restraint uh, as far as Israel and, uh, you know, don't be such a meanie head uh, to these poor Palestinians. 
Israel is being set up, in my opinion, and th- and this is why they let the the two elderly women go yesterday. Certainly, that plays into it. Uh, Biden's out there talking about ceasefire as long as you know we continue to see the release of hostages. We we haven't really seen the big thing uh, as far as Israel's reaction to Palestine and Hamas. Um, I think they're being set up in the sense that no matter what they do, okay, they're going to be characterized themselves as barbaric, as oppressors, stomping on the poor Palestinian people, you know, uh, and, and even though we, we already know, and we know this as a matter of course, that Israel goes to great lengths, uh, perhaps in this situation, absurd lengths, to, to, you know, make sure the collateral damage is as low as possible. But that doesn't matter. The truth doesn't matter in this situation. Within and without this country that we live in right now for the moment, Israel is being characterized as the aggressor. Israel is being characterized as, uh, you know, the, the, the ones to watch and to make sure that they're, you know, they don't uh, commit atrocities and, horror and all this against these poor freedom fighters. It's a setup, man. It's a setup. We'll be right back. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi, how are you? Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. You know, you didn't hear much about this, but on Saturday, uh, the government, the government uh, released uh, immigration, illegal immigration uh, info uh, from this past year. And wow, it's pretty astonishing. Uh, This year alone, we're looking at 2.6 million. Uh, That's in addition to the 2.5 million uh, folks that strolled across the border in 21 and 22. Uh, that also does not include uh, roughly around 1.5 million quote-unquote gotaways, folks that we didn't uh, encounter. So it's bringing the total number to around like 5 million people. 5 million people. Uh, There's a very troubling story uh, on Breitbart that I saw last night. Uh, It it puts a couple of ideas out there. At this point, for every newborn American, there is an illegal immigrant for every newborn American. So for every kid born in this country right now, there's an illegal. Conversely, we also have an illegal immigrant coming into this country for every high school graduate. Gulp. Uh, wow. They're, they're also, and again, this is using the government's own numbers. This, this isn't me pulling it out of my butt. This is, you know, this is exactly what the government is putting out. Uh, which, you know, very obviously if for every high school grad, I mean, just again, using my simple brain here for every high school grad, if you have an illegal coming into the country, uh, at the same time, uh, that creates competition for jobs. Obviously, uh, it's bad for the economy. Uh, we're reading more and more about how tough it is for ordinary Americans uh, to invest in a home, to buy a home. Thank you, Jesus, I bought mine when I did. Uh, and, and while it's getting harder for Americans, working hard-working middle-class Americans to purchase a home, and I, I was looking at a... Uh, another stat from the New York Times here. New York Times. We're talking about a woman who earns about $72,000 a year. And uh, she was priced out of her apartment. The story's there in the Breitbart article. You can get it on the website. Ended up living in her car outside of a Methodist church. And meanwhile, you and I both know that illegals who get here very often get housing. You, you've been heard, hearing Don Morgan talking about this Holiday Inn in town that's uh, going to be handed over to the illegals. Uh, another uh, troubling fact I, I saw here, 
uh, in this story uh, had to do with uh, uh, money, you know, money that is being fast-tracked via the federal government uh, to get illegals uh, health insurance, to get them free housing, to get them jobs. So you get here illegally, and you are fast-tracked to employment. So they spend our tax dollars to get an illegal a job, and then that job is no longer available to a legal citizen of this country. Mayorkas was talking about this. <laughs> He's talking about this, about how we're fast-tracking money to uh, to get these folks jobs and to make them, you know, productive uh, members of our society because, my God, you have all these freaking employers and they got no one. They, they can't hire. They need employees, man. So we're going to take your freaking tax dollars to get a freaking illegal, a job and a place to live, whereas you're not able to afford your own rent or mortgage payment anymore, so you're out of doors, and the job that you would go for, they're going to give to the illegal, and they're going to do all of this using your money. Isn't that great? Isn't that sweet? Again, one illegal for every kid graduating from high school and one illegal for every newborn American. That's where we are numerically. Now, we were talking about, you know, the larger situation on planet Earth with Israel and and how, you know, a, a, a storm is coming, man, one way or the other, because you've got all kinds of folks lining up for or against Israel. I, I, I think, uh, you know, another one of the reasons, uh, in other words, let me put it, I, I think it's all connected. I know I'm crazy. I think it's all connected. Israel, and Trey and I were talking about this, Israel and the United States of America, arguably, and you don't have to argue much, represent the last two true democracies, republics, constitute, whatever you want to call it, on on the planet. We also, uh, in other words, you you have, and by virtue of being born, uh, more personal liberties and freedom in Israel and here in the U.S. than you have anywhere else. Many of the European countries are either full-on socialists or they've been co-opted by socialist ideas. The U.K. is all but lost. A lot of people will tell you. I've never been there, but a lot of folks will say, you know, the U.K. has lost its national identity. You know, people get arrested in Canada and the U.K. for liking the wrong social media post. So really, Israel and the U.S. are it. And I think the game's afoot. I think as far as the globalists and the one world government people and the great reset people, I think this is it. I think they I think the show the big show's coming. The final act. And a part of this evil plan, if you will, after they shuffled off Donald Trump, was to open up the border and to let people pour in. Our border is an opened wound. And illegal immigration is an infection that is swamping our national metabolism. To weaken the country. Because if you want to take America down a few notches, best to do it from within. Because all of this crap is happening at one time. And none of this crap was happening when Donald Trump was the, was the president. So, you know, I, I don't know where you, you know, we're, we're not talking about the border a whole lot these days because of uh, the war in Israel, the war uh, uh, with the Israelis and, and the Palestinians. But I, I, I do. I, I, I never would would have thought of myself as a conspiracy guy, and I really haven't been throughout the course of my adult life. I can't stand nine eleven truthers. I can't stand people <laughs> that say that uh, you know we never landed on the moon. That stuff makes me crazy. But baby, all of this stuff is happening at one time, meaning the past three, uh, you know, almost three years or however long it's been since Joe Biden got into office. They got Biden in, they got Trump out, and I mean, when I mean they, I mean all of they, all the they's there, Iran, the fundamentalist Islamic world, the bad guys, Russia, China, North Korea, the Democrats in this country, the swamp. They have this window of opportunity 
to really, really, truly change things for human beings on planet Earth. And baby, they are about it, man. They are. It's crazy. Mike, how you doing? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Can you hey, hear me now? Oh, I got you, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Hey, hey, listen, listen, Sean. Hey, I think that um, I think Hamas is playing the Israeli people in the world for suckers, man. Listen, these guys are doing nothing but trying to buy time. They're releasing these hostages. Believe me, these people are no good. Uh, they already shown their true colors two or three weeks ago when they um, went in and slaughtered those people. I'm very disappointed in Israel. They should have they should have attacked these people by now because. Hamas, they're never going to stop hating Jewish people. They're never going to stop hating the infidels, as they call the Americans. These people need to be uh, eliminated. And the longer longer that Israel waits to make a move, all they're doing is giving Hamas the opportunity to rebuild and to try to plan another terrorist attack. And like I said before, the money should come to a stop. But like I said, you see who we got in the White House to Israel. We shouldn't be giving one dime to Israel or Ukraine, the money needs to come to a stop. But like I said before, I'm very disappointed in Israel. They're making a bad mistake because they're falling into the, the biggest trap that uh, around. I, I think you're right. Releasing, releasing these hostages, they're releasing these hostages to only buy time. Hamas is doing that because they because they're trying to get prepared for the war that might occur in the next couple of weeks. And I thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Mike. We always appreciate your call. Well, I, I think they're being set up in a def- different co- couple of on a different couple of levels. I think, you know, yeah, it's a time eater. You know, uh, oh, we're going to release some more hostages, and also it it it, it validates, I guess, it, for a lot of people, this mythology that the Palestinian people are just poor, oppressed freedom fighters. Look at how what big-hearted guys we are. We're going to let these two old ladies go. We're going to let some more go too. So Israel attacks, Israel, you know, uh, kicks the ground operations into high gear. Those evil Israelis, those evil Jews, we were letting people go, man. I almost feel like, yeah, the window of opportunity for that has been lost. I, I personally think the reaction from Israel, and yeah, a lot of collateral damage. Wow. You know, well, if Palestine, if Palestine and Hamas and their backers in Iran... Lebanon, had they had they dropped, had they said, uh, we're not going to bomb you anymore, let's try to live in peace, none of this would be going on. Doesn't matter. They endangered their own people when they embarked upon this mission on the 7th. I think Israel should have been kicking serious ass within 48 hours. And I, I think the longer it goes on, the longer, the more you can convince the morons of this world that Israel are the aggressors, which is what Obama was trying to do yesterday. So I don't know, man. Let's uh, take one more call. Paul, how you doing? Hey, you know, I was trying to think of what's going on in America and uh, past history and uh, how to get everybody basically on board, uh, both liberals and conservatives, of what's really going on. They're doing a repeat of what they did to the American Indian, except faster and with their with their own money exactly the same thing that they did with the american indians they're displacing them they're moving them off their land who, who uh, i mean i don't know who you're who you're talking about you're saying israel is doing the same thing to what no 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 i'm talking about here in the u.s in the u.s uh you were you were talking about uh uh, uh americans are basically funding uh, this in an in invasion uh from other countries into the u.s and all well, I mean, we're and, uh, we are. I mean, we, you know, we're, yeah. But they're they're trying to do the same exact thing to the current uh, citizens of America that they did to the Indians. They're they're pushing them into reservations and everything, and they're 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 you know, they're doing away with very. Uh, I mean, I I, I sort of get what you're saying. Let me. I got. I'm up against a break here. Let me uh, keep listening. I'll address that when I get back, and then we'll talk to Raul. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSa. The Sean Rima Show. This is Jamie Markley, and you're listening to News Talk five fifty KTSa and FM one zero seven one. Stay connected. And we're back. Twenty two minutes after ten on News Talk five fifty KTSa. Raul, hang on. We, we had a guy, a listener who called and was making a comparison between illegal immigration in this country 
and <laughs> and as somehow being reflective of the resettlement of tribal peoples at the beginning of this country and during the Plains Wars and the Trail of Tears and all that, then I I get what the guy's saying, but I'm I'm going to make a correlation that's probably going to upset some people, but it's based upon reading actual history. In that, if you look at the tribal, some of the tribes uh, at the beginning uh, of this country, and certainly in the expansion west, were themselves actually kind of akin to Hamas and the Palestinians. In that, depending on which tribe you were talking about, the Blackfoot, uh, you're talking about the early days of establishing trade routes, trade routes, I guess, or however you pronounce it, trade routes, uh, in the fur trade. Uh, in the expansion west, the Blackfoot were, oh my God, they were feared not only by other tribes because they'd roll in and slaughter every man, woman, and child in a hard way uh, in in their pursuit of dominance over, over the rivers and the trade routes. But in our part of the world, the Comanche and the Apache were the same. I mean, they would brutalize. In other words, the, the tribal peoples of this country were not benign, peace-seeking, oppressed people. Some tribes were. Some tribes were not. Uh, this is not excusing anything that we did as a government to those people after the Plains Wars and after the expansion West. Certainly not. But you're, you're not dealing with people like they're characterizing uh, Hamas and the Palestinians as just sort of, you know, peace-seeking people that just want to live and be left alone, but they're oppressed by this great, horrible government called the Israelis, and so they have to react uh, and do what they have to do. It's kind of the same thing you hear about uh, Native Americans. Some of these tribes, tribes were absolutely savage and had no feeling for the lives of other people and how they uh, established dominance in these regions throughout the country. We, we did fight a war. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of the same thing with Hamas and the Palestinians. You're either, you know, they don't, in other the the Hamas and the, the fundamentalist Islamic world and the Iranians and, uh, and, and all of these folks, they don't give a crap if you're Palestinian or Jewish. They'll kill you just as, just as well as they'll kill anybody else. They kill other Muslims. You know, it's, so that, I don't really see that corollary, but I, I, I do, you know, see uh, the way some of the, tribes of this country treated and handled other tribes of this country and it was savagery beyond anything you could imagine at that time uh so you know maybe there's a, a connection there i don't know that probably upset some people but i don't care here's raul how you doing raul hey, let me tell you something, mr uh <clears throat> listen hey you were talking about the you were talking about the illegal immigrants taking the jobs from the people who live here no, I'm saying that our government, our government is using taxpayer dollars to fast track illegals into employment. Look, let me tell you something. Who's going to pick your lettuce, tomatoes, pears? Oh God! Is that them? Oh God! Ooh, they put in there the paper for wanted people. To so it's okay to let. It's okay to let. It's okay. Hang on. It's okay to let millions of people come into the country illegally and all the other crap that comes with it, so somebody can pick the lettuce. What do you think this country is made out of? Lettuce? Texas was Mexico a long time ago. Mexico, Texas was. Texas, do Texas. Hey, do you, have you read any hit? Texas was pro-Mexican government until Santa Ana declared himself a dictator. You guys crossed the pond. The so you're not listening to a thing I'm saying, are you? What? You all took away everything from the Indians? That's right. And you're, you've read a lot of history. What do you base your opinion on? dare you what do you base your opinion on how did your wife get over here can i ask you a question how did your wife get over here can i ask you a question don't bring my wife into it then you're just being a jerk let me ask you a question what do you base your opinions on raul what the hell you talking about i'm asking you at why do you believe what you believe no, you know what I'm talking about. No, you know why don't you educate me and tell me why you believe what you believe? You can't, nobody because you have the faintest idea, do you? You're, you're kind of dumb already. But yeah, I'm the dummy in this conversation. Come to the radio in the morning, you're always so, again, Raul, let me ask you, why do you believe what you believe? Instead of saying, 
Mr. President, we're going to help you defeat. All right, I'll ask you one more time. I got to hang up with you because this will get boring. Why do you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? You don't know, do you? You have no idea. Call the president's come. You call him this or that. Yeah. You know, one man gives you the right to do that. Right. What gives me the right to do that? Right. I shouldn't be allowed to do this, really. Instead of saying. Poor guy, he can't do this. But uh, you're you're gibbering. Two one zero nine fifty five fifty five. Well, that was edifying. If you can't explain why you think something, then maybe what you think is bullcrap. Have you ever considered that? Two one zero. But you know we're made of lettuce. We need somebody to pick the lettuce. Two one zero. We need millions and millions of people coming into this country. I don't know. Are the people being shipped out to New York, are they picking lettuce? No, I'm just asking. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Talking only the big issues. I'm just so happy the pumpkin spice is back. Fall's biggest issues are here on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, and we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Now nah, I'm Sean. Uh, your Secretary of State is running his trap at the UN Security Council right now. It's not being carried by uh, any of the folks that we use, so we can't bring it to you live. But he is talking about how the Palestinian civilians need to be protected at all costs. Uh, it's something I just picked up just very briefly. But I, I just want to throw one more thing in in regards to Raul's call, and then uh, and then we'll talk about a guy peeing into a vat of uh, Singtao beer. And the fact that uh, Sofia Vergara is now dating an orthopedic surgeon out of Malibu. Okay? The important stuff. We hear this a lot from folks who I guess are pro-illegal immigration. That, well, Americans don't want to pick the fruit, so we need these folks to come in and do that work. And certainly that's true to a certain extent. Certainly it is. It's cheap labor on, on uh, these uh, out of these agricultural uh, operations. Certainly that's true. It's more true probably in California. But look, look, listen to what I was just telling you. These are, these are not things that I'm making up. These are facts and stats put out by our own government. Federal dollars, meaning your tax dollars and mine, are being used to fast-track employment, housing, uh, health insurance, medical stuff. Hey, flat-out cash with these cards that they give folks. Money that you pay the government is being used to fast-track all this stuff for the illegals coming into the country who are coming in by the millions. Now, let's just look at San Antonio for a second. Okay, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Obviously, yes, federal dollars are flowing into this town to fast-track a lot of the things that I just mentioned to you. Uh, uh, Employment, housing, services, the like. Now, what's the racial makeup of San Antonio, Texas? It is uh, about 60, 65% Hispanic. So if illegals are coming into this town and they are being fast-tracked into jobs, housing, and, again, medical services and the other services, who is losing the housing predominantly? Who is lo- are losing the jobs, the opportunities for employment predominantly in a city that is 63, 65% Hispanic. Wow, other Hispanics. Um, so, I, you know, that argument certainly doesn't really work here. Uh, which is probably why most of the folks that I know, that I interact with, that are part of my world right now, uh, hate illegal immigration, except for Raul. Uh, but again, Raul doesn't really have any argument for why he believes what he believes. Because that argument about the lettuce picking is an argument you hear generationally from folks over and over and over again. And yet when you ask folks, well, what about the money flowing into this town, like I just mentioned, that is uh, giving jobs and housing to these folks? It's got to come from somewhere. Who's it taking it from and whose money is being used for that? In this town, it would be predominantly other Hispanics. So again, unless you really understand why you believe something, you don't really understand why you believe something, which means you could be absolutely full of crap. I do know some folks who are older generation, not necessarily Hispanic, but just folks of a certain age group, 
who routinely vote Democrat, and they haven't the faintest idea why. It's just what their dad did, what their mom did, what their grandfather did. And again, you hear the same kinds of arguments over and over again for that vote. And it doesn't matter if the arguments hold water or not. It doesn't matter if the arguments have any validity as far as where we are right now in the year 2023. It's the argument we've always used. You know, uh, thankfully, a lot of folks, though, are waking up, which is why when you look at a guy like Trump, he's taking black votes from the Democrats. He's taking Hispanic votes from the, the Democrats because they're thinking back in the Trump years going, wow, I had a job. I was doing well. The economy was rocking and rolling. There was opportunity in my neighborhood. And when it switches back, the pendulum swings back to Democratic policies. The opposite is true. So, yeah, well, the the illegal immigration uh, on a town like San Antonio and Texas in general is pretty bad. And it robs a lot of opportunities of other Hispanics. (laughs) Yeah. All right, 210 If you have any uh, comments on that, let me know. Just so you know, also in the interest of equity, uh, the Biden administration is uh, is getting very close. We've heard a lot about this over the past few months. I've actually heard about this going into convenience stores in my little neighborhood. This is how you combat racism in America. We're banning, going to ban menthol cigarettes. This is actually a great explanation of what I just was was saying to you. We're going to ban menthol cigarettes in this country. It's already been done in the EU because black people predominantly smoke menthol cigarettes. And because black people smoke predominantly smoke menthol cigarettes, uh, you know, they're being targeted racially by someone, I guess the tobacco companies, I'm not exactly sure who. And so uh, if we ban menthol cigarettes, we've combated racism in some way. We've brought equity to the tobacco market. And it's absolute bullcrap. Uh, because what you hear is that menthol cigarettes are more addicting, uh, addictive than other cigarettes. It's absolutely not true. Research that has looked at the menthol cigarette bans in Europe has found, and I know I was looking at it last night, has found that menthol cigarettes are no more or less addictive than any other kind of cigarette. Uh, Cancer rates amongst black people who smoke menthol cigarettes and people in general who smoke menthol cigarettes are in general lower than people who smoke regular cigarettes. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) That truth doesn't matter because we're fighting racism. And so we're going to ban these cigarettes... Because black people, they just really dig their Newports. And it's an act of of systemic racism of some kind. Yeah? It's some kind of, you know, targeted racism from the evil uh, racist system and evil racist capitalists uh, here in America. And it's all bull crap. I'm not saying smoking cigarettes is good. Don't get me wrong. Shouldn't smoke. It's bad for you. All right? It'll kill you. That's true. But this crap that menthol cigarettes somehow do it more than other cigarettes is absolute bull crap. Who um, do we know that used to be the president of the United States that smoked menthol cigarettes? Uh, I think Who his was first that? name began with a B. Brad. No. Brad Obama. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon no. Obama. No, yeah, that's Barack right. Barack Obama. And I've already done the <laughs> research, Sean. You know, the black market isn't cheaper. Than the marketplace? No, it's not. And you're going to have 20 to $25 packs of menthol cigarettes that's going to be sold on the black market. That's what they saw in Europe. They ban menthol cigarettes, and then oddly it goes to the black market. Conversely, your government right now is also using some of your money to buy free crack pipes for crack addicts. They're just, they just, they're not crack addicts, dude. They have substance use disorder, okay? And we're trying to help them along. God, it's just all madness. 210-599-5555. In the morning time makes me think about different things going on in the world. Just what you need to start your day. I listen every morning from the time I get up. I get up early, early in the morning. Get your day going. A little help from your friends. Can't beat it on the way to work. On 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 
And we're back. New Star Climb 50 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean Hyde. If you want to comment on anything we've discussed this uh, on this programming, uh, give us a call. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Uh, just one of the funnier stories. Well, I, I guess it's not really funny if you're a shareholder in Sing Tao Beer. James, were you ever drink a Sing Tao? Yeah. Uh, Sing Tao, Sapporo. Uh, what else? Did They're I good wear? beers. Yeah. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but I mean, I I used to enjoy a Sing Tao every now and again. It's crisp, nice, clean crisp. beer. It's not a yeah. heavy beer. No. It's nice. Li- and those are kind of the the beers that I always liked. I didn't like the heavy beers. Sing Tao was a beer I'd get, you know, if I'm at a Chinese place. I know that's redundant. But we... <laughs> but it's kind of like Mexican beer. It's like a nice, light, crispy beer. Uh, and we, there's a video of a guy at a Sing Tao plant a brewery in China of all places. And he just, man, he just whips it out and takes a pee right there in the malt vat. And so, and so they, you know, they, they, I guess they found out about the guy because of security camera footage and they had to close down that vat. It didn't make it into the, into the general population of the product. But you have to kind of wonder what's going on there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they have restrooms in this plant. I mean, it is communist China, but I, I think they still let you pee there. Wait, was he? You know what I mean? Was he having a bad day on the line, you know, on the bottling line or something, you know? Was he having a really, like, bad Laverne and Shirley day, you know, at the, at the brewery and decided to take some revenge by micturating in the, in the malt? Shamil, I don't, I don't know what it is in Chinese though. Shamil, Shamazel, it ain't that, but maybe. So I'm just saying, you know, because everybody has a bad day. Is that was that like, was he upset with management? You know, because it's not like he just went there because he had to go really, really bad. He clear, surely there were facilities. He's leaking in the sink towel, man. And for all you alcoholics out there, that's just not cool. I'm sorry, all you Chinese alcoholics out there. So anyway, it didn't make it into any real beer, but still. I'm almost fascinated when people do stuff like that at work. <laughs> I just am, you know. It's like, yeah, what's going yeah. on with you? Used to be like if you were upset with management, you know, you'd sit your naked ass on the Xerox machine, you know what I mean? And <laughs> take a few pictures, you know. This guy takes a leak in the malt. Uh, Elvis, how are you? Outstanding. Hey, uh, to Raoul's point, I mean, I'm not American. I came from uh, just north of London in 1970. I've been here pretty much ever since then, served in the Navy, yada, yada, yada. But my home country in England almost has no national identity anymore. Yeah, they've lost it. all the influx of the foreigners that they had. Um, I mean, England used to rule half the planet, and now they're just down to, well, England and a few principalities. You're right. They're not coming back to America saying, hey, give us our country back. It's, you were conquered. It's over. We're moving forward. Well, and, and, and again, just read some history about how Texas came about and how all that happened. And you realize right. that when Travis first got here, people were fine with Mexican rule. They were fine with it. People had no desire to, you know, be annexed by the United be States or brought into the United States or be independent. It wasn't until Santa Ana declared himself a dictator and started, like, oppressing people and crap that people were starting to look to, towards the Americans. I mean, that's exactly what happened. You read a damn history book and find that out. We didn't roll into Mexico and just steal Texas. And then it's like, oh, you stole it from the Native Americans. Oh, my God, they were having tribal wars left and right in this region, brutalizing each other. You know, so it's, 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 it's false history, and it's, it's stuff that people toss out there, and they don't think about it, and they don't read about it. It's just what they've always believed, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Oh, it's crazy. All right, Elvis, thank you for the call, man. I like the movie. I'm sorry, i got to throw that, throw, toss the Elvis joke in there. Sophia Vergara is also off the market. She's apparently dating an orthopedic surgeon out of Malibu. Boy, that's not stereotypical. Not of Hispanic women, but of, like, rich celebrity women in that part of the world. Yeah, he's just the first one after Joe. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a, so what you're saying, he's a, what, what, what do we used to call that? 
You know, when you your break rebound. up, your re- is he a rebound? Yeah, he's just rich. He's, he is rich. But, you know, if you're going to have a rebound relationship, you know, maybe he broke up with somebody, too, and is feeling a little achy in his heart. I mean, Sofia Vergara is not a bad person to be the rebound guy for. You know what I mean? Is that bad to say? No, I'm just I'm saying, if you're going to hook up with anybody who's on the rebound, well, why right. not her, you know? At least you know she's not going to write a freaking song about you when it's all over. And I'm sick of that chick, too. I know she's nice. I know she's really beautiful to her fans. I have Taylor Swift conversations with my wife every night. I don't know why. She's obsessed with Taylor Swift. She's such a nice person. She gave all her truck drivers a million dollars. You know, I'm like, well, I, I go, okay. $100,000. $100,000. She answers all her, is that a tone? James, did you just have a tone with me? Yeah. <laughs> and why are you being ugly? I got a red cup. Knock now it off. Now you're yelling at me. I got a red cup. Knock it well, off my could, head. She could, buddy. She'll take out an eye, too. I'm just saying I'm a little Taylor Swifted out, you know, and I don't care how nice she is. I don't care if she's dating the football guy. But every night I got to hear, do you know how good she is to her fans? She takes her mama and her daddy to every concert. She's just a down-home regular girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, the jury's still out on that. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I concur. All right, I'm out of here. Thank you, James. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. Chunkla! <laughs>